He said to his disciples, Offences will certainly come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Which one of you having a servant tending sheep or ploughing will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. Instead, will he not tell him, prepare something for me to eat, get ready and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you can eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did what was commanded? In the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, you should say, we are unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. Do you ever feel like your faith is too small? Maybe you feel like God's called you to a task, but you're afraid of the risk or overwhelmed by the size uh, or it's way outside of your experience and skill set. Lord, increase my faith. We hear of miracles and we see needs around us that need a miracle and we feel powerless and perhaps faithless and we cry out. Lord, increase our faith. And the apostles were evidently feeling this lack of faith and came to Jesus with this request. As Jesus puts it, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The way Luke phrases this is actually a little bit unusual. Um, Usually in the Gospels, the 12 are called disciples, not apostles. They occasionally are, but usually it's disciples. And and when people speak to Jesus, the gospel writers usually refer to him as him. So it would be something like, they said to him. They, the disciples, said to him, Jesus. This is the only time we read this phrase in Scripture, the apostles said to the Lord. And I wonder if it's because Luke is making a point here. Here are these future leaders of the church apparently feeling inadequate and they look to their master. And if they need more faith, then it's okay for us to come to Jesus and need more faith as well. But why did they feel their faith was inadequate? What is it they were feeling the lack of? Did they see the great miracles Jesus was doing and thought, oh, I could, I could never do that? Well, I don't actually think so because earlier in Luke, Jesus has actually sent out the 12 and then he sent out the 72 on mission trips and they healed the sick and they delivered people from demons and they'd come back rejoicing from that. They knew and had moved in the power that Jesus had uh, given them. I think more likely is the disciples were feeling the weight and the cost of life and leadership in God's kingdom. In the context of this little story, Jesus has been teaching uh, on the conflict between things like love 
of money and love of God. This is in chapter 16 and, and earlier. Being faithful to the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. Uh, the sinfulness of divorce, not causing little ones to sin. And unconditional forgiveness for others. And the disciples are pulling up short and saying, man, it is hard to live a life of obedient kingdom counterculture, to go against the flow, to live up to these standards. It's hard to pick up our cross and follow Christ. It's hard to crucify the flesh. It's hard to walk the walk of faith. What Paul in, in Romans 1.5 and at the end of Romans calls the obedience of faith. And they cry out, Lord, increase our faith. It's not that the disciples didn't have any faith. They're not asking for a gift of faith. They're asking Jesus to increase their faith, to add to their faith. But what exactly are they expecting Jesus to do? Hey, Jesus, give us faith. What is Jesus meant to do with that request? Pull something out of his pocket and say, well, here you go. How does Jesus give someone more faith? We're talking about more faith to live a holy, obedient and liberating life. Now, we know we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. But what what is Jesus meant to do? Well, the Greek grammar makes the force of Jesus' reply a little bit hard to convey in in English. Some people think there's a little bit of snark in here. You know, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you know, you don't even have that. You can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. I don't know if there's snark or not. But look at this. Jesus is saying that the tree isn't just going to be uprooted and thrown into the sea. It's going to be planted in the sea. And the Greek conveys the idea that the tree will have already obeyed or it's ready to obey you when you speak to it. There's great authority and power in your command if you just have the tiniest piece of faith. Which leads us to ask, why don't we see more mulberry trees growing in the sea? Do Christians lack that much faith? You might think, well, I know I lack that much faith, but do all Christians lack that much faith? Well, of course, the answer is no. Jesus is not being literal here. He's giving an arresting illustration. He's he's talking about the power of faith and trying to grab our attention with a very vivid and actually quite ridiculous picture. Now, Jesus' parables can often be interpreted in different ways, and maybe in your discipleship groups this way you can have some interesting discussions about what you think uh, this parable means. Certainly, there's always a lot to dig up in the parables. But here's what I I think he's saying, and, and that's relevant for us this morning. I think Jesus was saying to the disciples, actually, you don't need more faith. You already have enough faith to get the job done. All you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. If you want more faith, then what you need to do is to exercise the faith you already have. And so Jesus then gives this uh, story, this illustration that the uh, apostles would be uh, familiar with. In my translation, it says servant. 
Um, the Greek behind it is actually can be translated servant or slave. Your translation may say slave, uh, and it would have been a common picture in the day, which sounds quite alien to our ears. Of course, Jesus isn't condoning slavery. He's making a point about faith and Christian service in a way that would have been understandable then. But let's put this into a modern setting, a servant, uh, uh, someone who is employed. We recently hired a tradesman to paint our house, and he did a great job. Uh, We were really pleased. Um, But he didn't get halfway through it, and we thought, this is great, thanks. You've done a a huge favour here. You can knock off now. He actually wasn't doing us a favour. He was fulfilling a contract. We paid him good money to do that job. We expected him to finish the job, and we expected him to finish the job well, and he did. And we expressed our gratitude, which I think he enjoyed, but I don't think it went to his head. He was just doing his job. And Jesus is saying, when you move in faith, you are just doing your job. We live in a society that's really quite entitled. And the attitude that Jesus portrays here might seem a bit rude to some ears. But I think this is the point. When we step out in faith, in obedience to the gospel, we're just doing our job as Christians. We're being obedient servants. We're just unworthy servants or unworthy slaves, is the language the Bible sometimes uses, who get to serve in the king's retinue. We get the better end of the bargain here. And I know we live in a world where every kid gets a participation trophy. My house was stuffed full of them. I hated the things. Sorry. But that's not the way the world lives. That works. And we can't come into kingdom service with an entitled attitude. But we don't come into kingdom service under-resourced either. Jesus says you have everything you need, even if it only seems a very small amount. So when we say no to money and yes to generosity and living by faith, that's the normal Christian life. When we say no to divorce and yes to the hard work of marriage, and I'm picking these illustrations because they're what Jesus has been talking about, that's the normal Christian life. When we say no to sin and yes to holiness, that's the normal Christian life. When we say no to bitterness and yes to forgiveness, even if the other person doesn't deserve it. That's the normal Christian life. When we step out in faith, in faith against the the pull of the flesh and the, the currents of this culture, that's the normal Christian life. And it's in living the normal Christian life that our faith grows, it increases, it is added to. So do you feel like your faith is too small? Do you sometimes find yourself crying out, Lord, increase my faith. Do you want to move mulberry trees? Well, we can. We can uproot mulberry trees and plant them in the sea, so to speak, because doing hard things... Even doing impossible things is not about the size of our faith. You only need the faith the size of a mustard seed. 
It's about the size of our God. Your faith doesn't change lives. You've never changed a life. Not, not at the spiritual level. Your faith doesn't bring miraculous provision. Your faith doesn't bring joy and sacrifice. Your faith doesn't move mulberry trees. God does. And as we see him move, as we exercise that little bit of faith, that little bit of faith starts to grow and become bigger and we expect bigger things of God. We sort of create space in our hearts and in our world for God to do what God does. So what does exercising faith look like? So many people in our culture think that religion should be restricted to the private sphere or just church ministry. It's okay to be a Christian, just don't bring it into the workplace or into the public space. And obviously there's sensitivities around that. But as followers of Jesus, we know that every part of life is subject to him. As the saying goes, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And I don't mean we go Bible bashing every person that we meet, but we can exercise faith in every sphere of our lives. So, for example, work. And sometimes it might be in unexpected ways. A few years ago, um, I got home from the job I was working one Friday night and I, was, I just said to Andrew, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I was taken uh, an emotional toll. And I didn't want to go back. I spent the week in prayer. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, I received a word actually that Sunday at church. And by Monday, actually probably earlier than that Sunday night, I, I was certain that God was calling me to start my own business. Now, you have to put this into context. Very few people in Perth. I was um, in the funeral industry as a funeral director. I was wanting to step out and become a, a funeral celebrant. I was not going to do weddings. And for most celebrants, that's their bread and butter. Funerals are an added extra. There's probably a couple of people in Perth at that stage who were doing funeral celebrancy as their main gig. So it wasn't a small thing to, to say I was doing that, but I felt A, God was in it, and B, I had industry contacts. So I, I thought at both levels I thought this could work, and it did. The Lord blessed that business. I was never going to become rich off it but it was certainly supplying what we needed and it allowed me to be involved in ministry in a way I couldn't have been before. So for me, that was a mulberry tree mo moment in my just everyday working life. What about you? For parents, faith can mean making sacrifices to send kids to a Christian school or dropping in income to homeschool. And some parents are looking at the way the education system and going and thinking this might be an option we have to consider. But it could also be engaging in the public school system, discipling your kids and trusting God will lead them to truth. The walk of faith isn't a one-size-fits-all. Uh, it's a matter of listening to God's voice and obeying him. And whatever he says, and sometimes it's counterintuitive, sometimes it goes against our, our earthly values, but that's the walk of faith. Increase our faith. And when we do that, we give him space to do amazing things. Again, following on from what Jesus has been talking about, it might mean working through a difficult marriage rather than just bailing on it. 
That said, I don't think anyone should ever feel obligated to stay in an abusive marriage. Um, that's never okay. But I'm talking about if things just go cold. What's the feeling? It might mean passing up a relationship because it's going to hinder your faith, not feed it. It might mean saying no to social or financial opportunities so you can serve the Lord. And in the context of our Kingdom Builders Faith Promise this month, next next week, it might mean obeying that, that voice in your head, telling you to give an amount that doesn't make sense. But you think this sounds like God and seeing what God can do. Do you want to see impossible things but don't have the faith for it? You think you don't have the faith for it. I want to challenge you to start with what you've got because you've got something. If you are here today, you have faith at least as small as a mustard seed. Something brought you through the door. Your faith may only be the size of a mustard seed. They're really small. But God is bigger than the universe. God can move mulberry trees and plant them in the ocean. And God is enough. So let's cry out, Lord, increase our faith and let's step out in what faith he's given us and see what he will do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace to us. We thank you for the challenge to faith and I pray that you will lead us in this. Thank you that you have given us your spirit, that you walk with us by your spirit. This isn't something we do alone. But Father, I pray that each of us will take steps in the faith you've given us and that that faith will grow. Lord, as you respond and you do things in the space that that faith creates. Lord, work miracles, I pray. Lord, work miracles of finance, work miracles of relationships, work miracles of healing, of, Lord, all the ways that we want you to move and we need you to move. Increase our faith, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.